Hey, welcome to Business Breakthroughs. I'm Neil Dipentino, your host. Uh, you know, um, we've been talking to a lot of uh, uh, business coaches here lately, people who work with executives, people who, uh, you know, they just have different talents and they, they, they have different techniques and different uh, disciplines for working with leaders, helping them to improve uh, upon what they do. Uh, but today we have a person who's with us. She actually uh, works with middle management. And uh, uh, along with executives as well. But, you know, this is going to be kind of an interesting show because we have a lot of our viewers who are in middle management and want to kind of get a, uh, an idea of how they can improve and how they can communicate with their uh, employees. So our um, guest today hails from Minneapolis, Minnesota. She's a business coach, a change leader, a corporate trainer and a consultant. Uh, her name is Sayer uh, Darling. Sayer, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nice to be here, Neil. Awesome. So you're up there in the Twin Cities. You guys, uh, you know, see any snow up there yet? We have. We've seen a couple of inches, but it's all melted. So, you know, the closer we get to Thanksgiving without a lot of snow, the shorter the winter is. So it, it's a good year so far. <laughs> Fantastic. I've spent quite a bit of time in the Twin Cities. Uh, I can remember many years ago, uh, we were doing a management retreat in the Twin Cities. And I think that there was just a little bit of a hiccup in the whole situation in that uh, the person who arranged it decided that it would be a good idea to do it like in the middle of January. And um, so we were there for a little bit longer than we thought we were going to be. <laughs> but it was a great it was a great time. We love the Twin <laughs> Cities. <laughs> Uh, it's a vibrant community, but um, it is darn cold up here. It, it can be cold. Um, I actually, I have relatives uh, that hail from Albert Lee, just south of you. So, um, you know, that's uh, sure. we, I know the area very well. So, again, welcome to Business Breakthroughs. Uh, you know, we we didn't come to talk about geography; we came to talk about business. And uh, and you've been uh, doing this for some time now. You're a, a, a coach, and you work with middle management. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do. Well, I'll, I'll give you a little background that tells you what experience informs my coaching. And I have worked in corporate America for 20, 25 years, uh, mainly in communications. And I have seen behind the scenes of what happens when communication goes south, uh, when people don't live up to their agreements, when all of a sudden there's a lack of communications or a misunderstanding in between departments or in between layers of the organization. So although my background is formal organizational communications, I've seen behind the scenes of where the disagreements and the lack of communications and the lack of role clarity uh, really confuses things. So that's the experience I bring into my coaching. I've been a middle manager in four different organizations going through very dynamic changes during my tenure there, whether it's uh, technology upgrades or um, regulatory issues or uh, experiencing fraud, embezzlement, mismanagement, lawsuits, labor, strikes, etc. So I've seen just about every facet in an organization of, of where you need to have better communications and better leadership and an acknowledgement of the value and role of middle managers. 
Well, you know, lack of communication just really can kill a business. And uh, no matter whether it's uh, from the top end down to the bottom end up, whatever the case might be, and right there in the middle is really super important, too. Um, I read someplace one time where uh, employees change jobs more often because they just don't understand exactly what their role is. Would you agree with that comment? Absolutely. Uh, Job descriptions today, especially, uh, tend to look the same from organization to organization. Uh, You wonder if they aren't cut and pasted in some situations. And some job descriptions can be three pages long, listing every single detail or they can be more general in nature. And neither one of them really um, helps people understand what the responsibilities of their position are beyond what their deliverables are. So how do you, how are you expected to show up uh, for your team and collaborate? And how do you build cross-functional relationships? And h- how do you Pay attention to the quality of how you do your work. Are you thoughtful with people? Are you trying to build trust so that you can create influence with people who can help you achieve your goals? And those are the things that are missing. Uh, For middle managers especially, because they are at the core of the organization, they have to be able to translate what they do to people above them and to people below them. And everyone recognizes when an executive communicates to employees at large, there is a different language, there is a different set of motivations, a different performance metrics at every single layer of the organization. And so, Much of our miscommunications occurs when we are communicating at the level of our position and not translating that message to whomever we're speaking to. You know, I I often say that what you want to say isn't as important as figuring out what you need to say in order to be heard. And I can walk people through a number of ways to help them develop those skills to stay connected with who they're speaking to, to know how to use questions, to to understanding that all business starts with a conversation. So if you do not know how to communicate, nor know the difference between a conversation that builds connections with people versus a communication, which is basically an exchange of information on the topic we're speaking about. And so, um, Helping people understand all of that really goes a long way to improving their skills as a business leader. Leadership is communications. Communications is leadership. Absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent. You know, and interestingly enough, I find in my life that, you know, I receive information differently than maybe somebody that I'm working with. We all receive and understand things a little bit differently where I'm more of a kind of a visual type person. I like to see it as I'm hearing it. And somebody comes up to me and, and starts a conversation and tries to explain something to me. I get lost pretty quickly in, in most cases. But if I have the visual to go along with it, then I can pretty much stay on top of it and I can figure it out and move to the next step. Would you agree yeah. that just uh, that, that that type of communication needs to be individualized? Yes, I would agree. And Neil, uh, an even more important and prominent uh, 
place of misunderstanding in organizations occurs between people who are specialists and people who are generalists. And there's a book on this topic called Range by David Epstein, where this concept comes from. And 90% of people in the world are specialists, okay? They have a knowledge base that is 12 inches deep and two inches wide. And generalists who tend to be communicators, most often and often, uh, are, have, have a, a knowledge base that's 12 inches wide and two inches deep. And so the way we talk about things and the way specialists talk about things are entirely different. And for the most part, specialists do not understand the value of a generalist perspective to be able to facilitate uh, the conversation between different specialties, between different departments, et cetera, to integrate ideas much more easily than specialists. So explaining how you communicate and how you learn, sharing that with others goes a long ways to avoiding miscommunications. I, you know, I agree with that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, I, uh, like, I, I have the most wonderful production manager here at uh, our business, and he's, he's phenomenal. When we first started working together, though, it was a little bit, it was kind of interesting because he's a real technician. He understands lighting and sound and in all of this technology stuff. And, and uh, I just want to know where the button is to press record, you know, so uh, yep. it's a learning process and our communication has, um, you know, improved tremendously since we started this business together. And, and I feel like, you know, his, he's also kind of realized that, you know, I'm not the only one. He, we've got several employees that work for us that he has to communicate with and each is a little bit different. So he's taken on that that great leadership role for us where he is actually able to communicate to each one of us in a way that we can receive and it all works out really well. It's just a really great uh, way of, you know, pulling our business together and making it work. So can you give us some examples of some of the, maybe some businesses that you've worked with in the past where you've utilized some of your techniques to help them communicate better? Sure. I, first of all, have worked in organizations from startups and entrepreneurs to uh, all the way up to Fortune 500 companies. So I can scale my skills to the conversation that you are having because I understand the dynamics at every different level of the organization. And to um, develop the example you used just now with your production manager who uh, has learned how to communicate with everyone and pull the entire team together. It's very powerful when you're communicating with someone who leads off a communication by saying, for example, um, I understand your only concern or your main interest is, but to get from point A to point B to do, you know, to execute on your idea, I need you to understand A, B, and C. So what I just did in that example is to say, I see you, I recognize your value, and I understand what you're focused on, and this is important as well. Uh, one of the, a, a little tip here, one of the basic skills in understanding each other and communicating with each other is to know the difference between yes and, or excuse me, and and but. So when you say, I understand all that, but you have just discounted the value of everything you've just said. 
So if you want to build a connection with someone, you say, I understand all this is important to you and you need to understand this. That puts both of you in a common uh pool of under or excuse me a shared pool of meaning some common understandings and that goes a long ways to opening the communications between two people uh, you know that's that's amazing i totally agree with that uh that comment this is not what you just said just now um one of the things that we were talking about uh, a little bit earlier and i'm going to shift gears just a little bit mm -hmm. things have really changed uh in the last three or four years, especially since the mm -hmm. pandemic, we have more and more people working from home. So now that's a whole new dynamic that leaders have to deal with in order to make sure that their organizations run smoothly. That along with, especially if you're a person, you know, who's my age or within my age, uh, you know, things are moving a lot faster than they did back in the day. The technology has just sped things up so fast that sometimes it's really difficult to, to keep up. So, what do you tell these the people that you're working with, that you're consulting with? How do you help them to deal with both of those situations? Well, from a top level perspective, it's important to understand that it takes a little bit longer for people to get plugged in to the same place. So you're moving at the speed of light, barely having time for a bio break in between meeting after meeting after meeting. And you have to take the time to bring people into the room, remind them what they what you spoke of in your last conversation, what that set up for your current conversation, ask people if there's anything else they would like to bring to the table, other questions, and then start the conversation. If you don't take steps like that it's very difficult to get everyone on the same page therefore people are listening from different points of view not remembering things this the same way having a hard time getting their focus into the meeting itself so it's about meeting people where they are at taking two minutes at the top of every meeting to bring people into the room how's everyone doing today Remember at our last meeting, we spoke about, we made these decisions, there's been communication since then, here's where we're at now, and here's the, what we're going to accomplish at this meeting today. Is everyone on, on track with that? And do not rush that. When, when people hear you rushing, they'll hear it in your voice, and they'll get concerned about, oh my gosh, what's going to happen next? I, I, I better uh, stay alert. Oh my gosh, they're not really saying what they mean. People go immediately into storytelling based on uh, their fears. And so you want to take the time to allow their, their frontal cortex, where their central processing unit is, uh, which tracks all the data, to be in the same room as their emotional brain, which is in the amygdala in the back of their brain that moves much slower. Until you have both parts of your brain in the same room, in the same conversation, you don't have people's full attention. Yeah, I rarely have both parts of my brain in the same room, but I, yeah, I mean, I get that. And I, I am writing some things down here because I'm thinking about our sales meetings or actually the uh, not really sales meetings, but 
company meetings that we have uh, every Monday morning. And I don't recall ever, you know, uh, doing a quick recap on what we talked about last week, which makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense because then uh, it, it, it kind of pulls it all together. You're, you're like saying, okay, this is what we did last week. Uh, this is what is almost like the problem solution, you know, outcome type scenario where, yeah, we did this last week. This is what we've done to, you know, uh, address what we talked about. And here's what's happening. Well, let's talk about what's going on now. You know, let's move on to the next thing. So I, I really appreciate what you're saying there. I think that's uh, yeah. that, that is an excellent comment. I'd like to, before we jump uh, ahead, I'd like to pick up a couple of things and notice uh, what's occurring when you don't use these techniques. And one of the things is um, we react rather than respond. And when we respond, we put the entire comment into context and we actually learn so much more about what's going on rather than um, a ping pong ball bouncing off of each other. When you have that kind of situation, oftentimes in sales meetings, quite frankly, um, you don't under you don't get the full picture, and so you waste a lot of time reacting to current events rather than saying, "Okay, what's the bigger picture here? Do we have different ways we can get in the door? How can we change the conversation on this?" You miss the opportunity to function as as well as you can with the expertise and with all the talents and the people in the room. And so um, there's a lot of misunderstanding when you're just focused on reacting. And the impact of that is think about all the times you had a great strategic plan and then you put the execution plan together and all of a sudden everybody got so busy and you forgot what the plan was. Yeah, well, we're making some progress, so I guess it's working. And then you get to the end of the year and you wonder why you fell short of goal because your execution plan did not stay connected to your strategy. That's the benefit of being able to take time for responding to the issues at hand and expanding the conversation to understand the context and all the complexity of it, as well as all of the opportunities to kind of get in the door differently to solve it, rather than just reacting to current events. I, I like that. So I think of what you're saying, if I if I understood this, it's like, uh, or what I'm getting out of this anyway, is that uh, we have a tendency, because everything is moving at such a lightning speed, that we kind of rush through things. And mm -hmm. like, for instance, um, like a sales meeting or a, an office meeting should, you know, that's, that should be like a half an hour uh, long. Sometimes we say, well, you know, we can maybe push through this in like 15 minutes. Whereas we, if we would just allot that, we've allotted that time anyway, if we just use that time so that we can have people kind of add their opinions, their ideas, their, you know, value statements or whatever the case might be to that meeting, it would actually help us to stay on, on track for our goals more, yes. more likely. And the other impact from that type of situation, Neil, is that we end up having an agreeable culture. Yep, everybody's going to be real happy to get 15 minutes back. So, yep, I agree with that. Not really going to think about that too much. Okay, I'm off, off and running. And there is a very high price to pay with an agreeable culture. Uh, you don't have good decision making. Um, you don't make great connections. You don't you aren't able to retain customers because 
you're not having a more complete conversation, you're unable to build great working relationships inside your organization, when you do not have the infrastructure or capacity to say, you know, we've all got a lot of talent here, but we come from different perspectives, we each have different experience. We need to be able to understand each other, whether we agree with each other or not, and figure out what the best way is to solve this problem. Having an agreeable culture means you're missing where the um, missed connections are occurring right now that can eventually uh, turn into, you know, a big blow up. So things swept under the rug for the sake of speed um, often come back to haunt us. And are you being, are your performance expectations on speed? I mean, do do you have to evaluate how fast or how slow people do their jobs or get their point across? No, uh, we're just accustomed to moving so fast. It becomes as more important than anything else that we try to achieve. So it really starts with the leader. The leader really needs to understand that that time that's allotted for that meeting or whatever it might be, uh, that time with a, an individual employee or with a group of people, really, you need to utilize that allotted time and, and, and really not only be able to communicate, but also be able to listen with these two things. Uh, to, exactly. to, to really hear what your people, you know, what what they have to say, what kind of value they can bring to the conversation exactly. and, to the, and to the company. You know, do you know what listening is? I don't know that, that folks have heard this particular definition before. We all think we know it's not speaking. You're in the act of listening. The best definition I have heard is listening is a temporary moment of surrender, a moment where you quit thinking about your to-do list, what you have to do to follow up after this meeting, what you have to do after work today, uh, who's irritating you at the meeting, um, whether you uh, need to go, you know, want to get up and get a cup of coffee or whatever. You are surrendering all of that to pay full attention to whomever is speaking. And you are listening deeply enough to understand and take the time to ask thoughtful questions to make sure you do understand. And the risk of running really fast, running your business by reactions and not responses leads to the idea that more is better, more is better. More is not necessarily better. You want more and more and more clients, but if you do a bad job of staying in touch with them and understanding them, you're going to lose them. So of course you have to have more. However, if you understand what's important to your customers, what the priorities are in running your business, you can take time and build a better quality business with less effort. I like that. You know, I, 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 I'm guilty of that myself, where in the past I've had goals uh, that were you know placed on me by my, my management. And, you know, um, by achieving those goals, that's how we were rewarded. Uh, but, you know, so you're trying to build a business and everything and you're trying to go after the new customer and you're doing everything you possibly can. Then all of a sudden you stop taking care of the customers you already have. To some extent, you stop listening. Uh, you do, you rush through things and everything. Pretty soon it's like the tail chasing the dog and uh, or chasing the head. And I've come across that many times and I see it a lot of times in business. And that just really yeah. is a it's 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 a way to destroy a business, really. 
It is. And it's all driven by fear at that point. Fear of not enough. Fear if I don't work fast enough. Um, it, it, fear that I won't make enough money. And when you're an entrepreneur like I am, then who do you talk to about the terrible taskmaster that you work for, you know? So <laughs> I get that. <laughs> lonely at the top, right? <laughs> right. Very lonely. Oh. Oh, man. Well, listen, you have been a phenomenal guest. We're coming to the end uh, here. I yeah. hate to say it. Oh, my gosh. Like, you know, it's like, here we did. We had to rush through this thing, uh, but not really. Um, exactly. Uh, I could sit well, and talk with you forever. This is incredible. One one parting thought. We haven't talked about the middle managers so much, but you can see from these examples that we've talked about today that the middle manager has to be one of your most skilled communicators and translators inside the organization to understand the needs of all of their superiors, to understand the needs cross-functionally, and to understand the needs of the teams they're supervising and translate all that information to how your audience can hear it. So hopefully we've given you some good ideas today. Absolutely. And, you know, um, if they missed anything, they can get in contact with you. I mean, you're a coach and you're yes. ready to, and willing to work with businesses to yes. help them, you know, to only not only build uh, good leaders, but also improve with the leaders that they have already. So how Correct. will our audience get in contact with you? Well, there's only one Sarah Darling on LinkedIn, so you <laughs> will find me there. And you can also check out my website at saredarling.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. We really appreciate it and uh, got a lot of value out of it, too. I, I hope everybody Good. else did like I did. We're going to I learned quite a bit. I took a, a few notes here myself that I'm going to be Super. passing on to my staff as I'm speaking with them. And, uh, and I'm going to learn to slow down and I'm going to learn to, you know, give them a chance to give their thoughts to us as well. Excellent. So, Excellent. Great. Enjoy well, it. Our, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. So that's our show for today. So thrilled that you could be with us uh, today. Business Breakthroughs is sponsored by Titan Digital. Uh, check them out at titandigital.com and check out our other great host on the Small Business Delivered Network at smallbusinessdelivered.com. Until next time, bye-bye.